Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you if you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years. There is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. Welcome to episode number 188 of the AR-15 Podcast. While it may have been a week-long wait for you, it's mere moments for us, so we're going to just dive right in here in just a bit. But we wanted to let you know, in case you haven't listened to the last episode, that on this episode, we're going to be talking again to uh, Rocky Harrigan from uh, Unbranded Arms uh, to basically have her talk to us about the industry and her place in it and how she's navigated uh, everything that she's been doing uh, since uh, they began. You have to forgive me. Critical capabilities. Critical capabilities. Critical capabilities. I apologize. Since uh, Rocky and her husband have uh, uh, founded and uh, began uh, critical capabilities. So um, before we get into that, JD, can you tell the guys out there or the folks out there how they can uh, support uh, the show? Uh, we've put together battle boxes, uh, patches from the Patriot Patch Company, shirts, uh, all sorts of stuff. When you support the AR-15 podcast, uh, go to firearmsradio.tv, click on pledge, click on the AR-15 podcast. Uh, every bit helps. We're working for the future here uh, at the podcast. We've reached 10,000 list downloads on the new show a week. Uh, there is a lot of growth going on, a lot of opportunity to, for the future for the show to grow and to branch out to do other things. Uh, with your support, we can make it happen and take you along with us uh, through new audio equipment to make the show sound cleaner, uh, to also be able to store our own shows in a higher quality uh, audio rate. So there's several things we'd like to do in the future to just keep uh, building the show. Everything's going back in the show. We do this as a, a labor of love. Uh, we don't take any money for it. Reed's doubled my salary two or three times in the last couple of months, but uh, <laughs> I make zero. So uh, it, it doesn't go up at all. So you can support firearmsradio.tv, click on pledge and select the AR-15 podcast. And uh, there's probably a spot for you there where you can make a difference in the future of the show. Hey guys, I want to give you a heads up on a giveaway we're doing right now with RTT Firearms out of Lake Havasu City, Arizona. RTT has been an amazing friend and supporter to the AR-15 podcast this year, and they keep out doing themselves. Uh, they are currently giving away a distressed flag builder set. You can check it out. It's the American flag with the upper, the lower, and the handguard. Uh, check it out when you sign up. Firearmsradio.tv. Click on the AR-15 podcast link, and you'll see the link right there to sign up and a picture of the distressed flag builders giveaway set. So check it out. Also visit rttfirearms.com. And make sure you stop by their social media and say thank you for supporting the AR-15 podcast. All right. <clears throat> and we wanted to thank JWB Military and Brass for sponsoring tonight's main topic. So we ask you to go to jwbmilitary.com and use promo code ARP10 for 10% off of quality once-fired military reloading brass, AR-500 steel targets, and much more. And just for you, uh, in way, and in, in by way of an update, I did receive my 250 uh, cases uh, in uh, 300 blackout. So it will be a, a nice, uh, cool weekend this week. Uh, so I'm going to be headed out to the shop to do some reloading. So let's move on to our main topic. So Rocky, I caught myself at the beginning of the show. I used the word guys in reference to our audience. <laughs> and 
it is always ever present in my mind that the sport, the industry is open to everybody. Um, but there are some stereotypes and there are things that, that, um, we do that, um, may not typically, uh, portray, uh, those desires to just, you know, have everybody be involved because how that involvement makes the industry better and more capable, um, for everybody that's in it as a hobby or as a profession, as um, a uh, uh, a way of earning a living. So we would like to talk to you tonight about what it is to be an ambassador to new shooters and, and being a woman in this business and, and being a woman who is a, a shooter. So um, with that, J.D., um, Let's it sounded like you, it sounded like you were talking about gun bunnies there for a second. <laughs> no, you know, and and I've 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 always thought they were called table biscuits, but um, you know, that's that's not where where you know I I think and and I, you know I will tell you that my mother is a, a well regarded, well respected divorce attorney in the city, uh, has uh, represented uh, a wide variety of. Uh, clients and some some controversial cases and you know I grew up in a household where you know she was a lawyer my sister was a lawyer you know it, it wasn't a, a thing to have strong women role models sure. but you know uh, I have my own daughter and I, I don't want her to not feel that she uh, can be strong that she can go out and, and be accomplished at anything and you know I know that JD and I have experienced the kind of the old guy, you know, side of the industry. And it's, it's not a side of the industry that is progressive. Uh, so, you know, I just, I, I always want to hear more. I always want to see more about, uh, the industry being more inclusive. Um, because I think that the participation just makes it better. Sure. Whatever the direction. Yeah, and you know, there certainly is a stereotype uh, for the gun bunny or the female role model in the firearms industry. But uh, what I'm getting more and more frequently, perhaps on a weekly basis, I get a message on Instagram from a father who says, you know, I showed your Instagram page to my daughter. And she's never really shown an interest in firearms before, but she saw your page. She started following you, and she came up to me this week, and she said, hey, Dad, I think I'd like to go shoot your AR. You know, when I get compliments like that, I, I then understand, you know, my role in this industry. And uh, although there is an image that, you know, is very marketable, <laughs> I'm in marketing, so I understand it, uh, uh, there there very much is a need for uh more of the reality to be shown because when I go to SHOT Show and network with the women that are there for business, um, you know, and there are more and more women there each year, I see uh, not what you what you think are women in the firearms industry. You see very much a, you know, a, 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 just a regular old woman that you'd see on the street, and there really isn't a stereotype that describes us all. So, yeah. Although I will say gun bunnies make it very easy to do business at SHOT Show because whenever I say that I, I'm meeting someone, I say, hey, just meet me by Daniel Defense. I'll be the female with clothes on. And typically, you know, I'm tall already, so 
it's uh, it makes they make my job a little easier, especially when I'm networking with other industry professionals. <laughs> Dang, as a dad to three daughters, I'm sitting here going, "Oh, come on, <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want to do that or, or them." I guess I, I wonder what kind of um, do you face? You know, we talked a little bit about um, the digital media, the new media, and stuff. Uh, do you think ladies in the industry, um, whether an owner or a shooter, um, as you have both a perspective, do you think you face any? Um, do you think you're dismissed quicker by some uh, because of just that you're a lady? Um, or do you think we've progressed? Do you think we've grown in this industry? Well, one thing that I learned very early on is that all men know everything about firearms. And the assumption is made right away that I know nothing. And actually, that was very much true when I first started uh, and when I started in the industry. Actually, uh, to go back to the beginning – I didn't grow up around firearms. When I met my husband, I had a very healthy fear of firearms. I didn't know how to use them as a tool. But I knew when I married my husband that if there were going to be guns in my home, I wanted to know how to use them. And uh, what I, I, I try and express this to men who share with me their frustrations about their girlfriend or whoever. They're trying to share their love for firearms and their passion for firearms. They want to take them out to the range and they want to, they think that, you know, when they grew up around firearms, they can just put this firearm in this person's hand and that they'll be ready to, to fire. And they'll, once they fire that gun, they'll just be so excited. But the opposite usually happens when someone's pretty fearful of that tool uh, because there's so much uh, there's so much fear and anticipation in that whole process that it's just not enjoyable and it's not it's typically not shown they're not shown the right way and so I always recommend for men who want to introduce firearms to women and um, get them to have the same passion that they do to sign up for the NRA basic pistol course. Uh, it is a time-tested, proven way of instruction. You spend the first day just handling the firearm and, and just getting rid of that fear of holding it, that nothing's going to happen. You know, uh, you're safe in that classroom environment. And then the second day, you're actually taken on to a range to shoot. So I always hear that story. I've, I've heard from many, many women that say, yeah, my boyfriend took me out to the range or my husband took me out, it, but it's just not for me. But I've never met a woman who's taken the NRA basic pistol course who didn't say, you know, after taking that course, I really uh, I invested in a firearm. I I, I went through the process of going through. So it's very important, guys, that you just don't go take your your lady out or your daughter out and put a 45 in her hand. She's not going to like that experience. Um, but my passion on the AR-15 side, being uh, having the, the interest and passion that I have with AR-15s, is taking a woman who is pretty comfortable with a handgun and letting her shoot an AR-15 for the first time and doing that in the proper way. Because, again, it's a scary-looking thing. You know, it, the media talks about it being scary because it's the easiest one to make fun of, you know, that scary-looking rifle. <laughs> so uh, I like to introduce the same principles when introducing the AR-15 because usually when they fire off an AR-15, it's like, well, well, that's awesome, lightweight, more accurate, you know. It, it gets them on that side. It gets them comfortable, and it, it puts it 
it sheds light and it gives us them the education that they need in order to make an educated decision. I didn't think it, I mean, I guess I see that point with going out, even t- taking my own wife out. I mean, there's already a, I guess a, a predisposed uh, banter or, you know, just a, a relationship there that uh, maybe the person closest to you isn't the best teacher uh, for that. It never is. <laughs> so. so everyone write this down. <laughs> Do not <laughs> assume that you can teach, you know, uh, I, I highly recommend, you know, it's when I went to purchase, purchase my first firearm, uh, I wanted to take my husband because, you know, I wanted him to know, uh, I wanted him to give me his input because, you know, I trusted his input. And he was so smart about that, you know, letting me take the AR class and actually attended the class with me, which now knowing what's involved with it, I'm sure he was bored out of his mind. But he attended the class with me. I was more comfortable. And when I went in to purchase my firearm, he didn't say anything, even though he has a a lot of knowledge about the industry and and firearms and brands and all that stuff. But when I first went in, he kept his mouth shut and he just let me talk to the expert and talk to that industry professional and let them guide me with their expertise and standing behind the counter. And, you know, I, I, I bought a lightweight, a revolver, which I learned very quickly that I hated because it hurts my hand. <laughs> but then that's, you know, then you get into it and then you realize, well, you need more than one. So, <laughs> and then Always. you need more. <laughs> so then I, and that's when I started to understand, okay, this makes sense. You know, um, I get why my husband keeps going around. There are new firearms that show up at our house every day. You know, I'm a little bit more to- forgiving towards that because, there may or may not be parts that randomly show up at the house that are for my well, next build. <laughs> my I next. have to tell you, Rocky, that we're going to get our sound experts to um, carve out your express words uh, so that we can deliver a meaningful public service announcement for our <laughs> male listeners. That'll go something to the effect of, yes, that's right. Your husband does need more than one firearm. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's good fodder. Thank you very much for that. Um, <laughs> but if we do this right, Reed, it's also going to be husband and wife going to buy ARs at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> we see. I don't think that works so well for me. And I'm I'm going to tell you, Rocky, about um, uh, when I got married. Uh, I told my wife that I would buy her a purse every time I bought a new firearm. And so I have apparently a. Uh, um, uh, expensive enough taste in firearms that my wife has enough nice purses to where I slowed down my firearm <laughs> purchasing role real quick. So, um, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure why I was so generous, magnanimous, you know, whatever the case may be, but I, I, some days regret it very much because I could have quite a few more <laughs> rifles right now were it not the case. But if my wife was buying rifles, I'm not sure that I would be able to do anything with the purse. So I just don't see where that's going to go anywhere. Um, oh, man. Somebody make me a read man, man bag patch. <laughs> so, but, you know, and, and the other thing about my wife is that she has a tendency to shoot better than I do. So <laughs> That's but, true uh, for most women. <laughs> I know. I don't know I what it is. That. Uh, have you... 
Go ahead. Have you ever run across somebody who's anti-gun that you've had an experience with being able to talk to them, uh, whether a, a guy or a girl, um, that's anti-gun that you've been able to bring over to the, the, the dark side, so to speak? I, on a regular basis, I have friends that share with me that their perspective of firearm has changed because of something that I've said or, uh, yeah, so on a regular basis, um, Facebook is is a good example. As I continue to promote, you know, in my role as a female business owner is um, pretty empowering to a lot of people, and a lot of um, I will just say uh, anti gun friends of mine see me as you know being successful, and they see what I'm doing, and they're intrigued by my images, and they always want to have that dialogue. And I think that. You know, when I got in the industry, I made it a point to really understand what I was doing. So I signed up for an armor class. I wanted to understand the mechanics behind the AR-15. I wanted to know. I, I, I've i worked with some of the best trainers in the world. Uh, gosh, I'm privileged here at Fort Bragg with um, the special ops groups there and uh, the training that they received. I've hired professionals to work with. And... I I guess the story that I share most frequently is that, uh, and it wasn't that long ago that someone, my husband was gone for work, and someone came down our driveway, and I live in a pretty remote area, so my alarm went off, and I knew that someone was coming down our driveway. It was about 2 or 3 in the morning, and the first thing that I grabbed in the midst of all that training was my AR, and that's when I knew that my training and everything that I had prepared for had uh, had made me feel more comfortable. And so what I did was, uh, there, it was actually a truck that was shining its lights directly at the front of our house, and I stood in front of the large kitchen window, and I loaded my mag, and, you know, I hit that bolt release so, you know, it makes that sound. But, you know, I did it right in my <laughs> right in my workspace. So it was very visible that my silhouette was visible. And I, I was prepared in that moment. And, you know, it's funny. As soon as uh, I loaded that mag, the car drove away. Now, I don't know if that car uh, was there with bad intentions. I don't know what would have happened had I not been prepared for that situation. But what I do know because in that moment, I felt powerful. And so when I share that that experience, you know, forget the industry as a whole and, you know, the, the jobs that it provides for this country. Our Second Amendment right, you know, that made me feel safe and that made me feel comfortable. And when I share that story with women who have a fear of the unknown or they don't necessarily understand how to use the tool because they're afraid because they're kids, you know, I, I can share that story and hope that, you know, they, I think the key for the Second Amendment, the thing that will keep the Second Amendment alive will be education, and we can start by educating ourselves. And so my encouragement, what I always try and push people to do is just go take a class. And I think for men, sometimes, um, because men already know everything there is to know about firearms, especially <laughs> those that were had military background experience, <laughs> they know everything. You know, they don't want to go take a basic pistol course or a basic rifle course because they already know or they, they can figure it out or they can learn it at the range. But the truth of um, 
the matter is, is hiring a professional and educating ourselves uh, really prepares you and really helps you understand how to move forward and how to how to go about defending our Second Amendment rights. So that's what I always encourage people to do. Do you do you take a direct? Do you find a direct approach, or is it kind of like you're you're leading them through it a little bit with the story, so to speak? Maybe I just answered my own question, but um, because a lot of the set, a lot of the pro Second Amendment stuff is very very in your face. Yeah, I uh, I tend to put actually <laughs> my the stuff I post on Instagram is very much in your face, and but it tends to. Uh, I tend to get a lot of private messages and I, I tend to find myself in situations where we'll say, you know, when I sit on an airplane, I travel a lot and people say, what do you do? You know, I don't think most people expect someone to say, I manufacture firearm parts for the AR-15. Oh, you know that gun that's in the news, you know? <laughs> you know, it, it shocks people because it's, and it, I get one of two reactions. I get uh, oh my gosh, my grandfather has a whatever Remington in the closet and, you know, we're a pro-gun family all the way. Or uh, I get someone who say, oh, well, and, and I, I find that a, it's a great opportunity to share, based on that person's reaction, um, share something that humanizes someone behind that black rifle. And right. And I think the fact that I have a small business as a female, uh, that I am traveling in the country providing jobs. I provide jobs, you know, locally. I'm keeping machine time on. I'm working for an industry that uh, the U.S. is known for being defense manufacturers. Like the fact that I get to represent that and to put a face behind what I'm doing and I just think social media is great because I can get my face out there and get that story told but it's one conversation at a time answering questions and just being who I am and hope that that changes their perspective you know props to you for making it a personal connection to people that is a it's an extremely uh, extremely rare talent to find in people um, that have a, a higher profile uh, in, in in any industry that you have to be, to be willing to take time um, to explain to somebody or talk to somebody or come down. And we all have people like that in our lives um, that we run through. There's you're probably most likely the, the gun guy or the gun girl. If you're listening to this podcast in somebody's life, uh, you're the person they ask for advice. You're the person they talk to. You know, that's an opportunity to build a connection. You may not be a parts manufacturer flying on an airplane, but just taking some time to answer questions and, uh, you know, being personable like that, that can be a huge, huge benefit to the thing, you know, we protect and hold very dear is the second amendment. Uh, that's a great way to turn people who are just casual people into actual ambassadors uh, to support the second amendment. So props to you, Rocky. That's, that's awesome to, to be able to reach out and do that um, to be personable. And not say things that are polarizing, you know, not saying if you're, if you're supporting Hillary Clinton, defriend me now, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I sort of feel like, when you have someone in your life who is has a different opinion than you than yours it's that's what makes us that's what's so great about being a human is that we have the opportunity to interact with people and in some ways social media is terrible because you can stand behind this computer and say terrible things and you can just log off 
But I think that's what it's so important about living life and being uh, very intentional about your relationships and investing in people is so that you can share your own experiences. And if we start, uh, you know, secluding ourselves or uh, shutting off the screen or stop, stopping, stop communication with people who don't have the same opinions as us, we will lose the Second Amendment because the reality is there are more and more areas in the country where it's just not feasible for range time. You know, uh, the laws are make it very difficult for people to even find an opportunity to ever be exposed to firearms. It's uh, it, it is our responsibility to branch out and to educate people and to use whatever means that is to get the word out. You know, and it seems to me that the, the hardest part is taking something that you may vigorously believe in and, and want to defend and and be open you know, because despite the vigor in which you want to pursue your your ideal um the person across the table may have the same vigor in an opposite way and if you can't be human if you cannot be understanding if you cannot you know uh, empathize with another person it's hard to understand a fear or understand um an ignorance and walk through a discussion with someone to, you know, help them eliminate ignorance and help them to, you know, understand that a fear may not be well-founded or to just even, you know, educate in, in, in an, you know, even-keeled way so that you're just not coming across as some, you know, fanatic. You know, I, I think you see a lot of people that are that over-the-top fanatic and, I can see why some people might be scared, but I think there are rational fears myself. Sure. And it's constant. It's a mind preparing your mind just as much as uh, uh, you're in your training and things like that. One book, and I know it's sort of like this book that everyone recommends, but The Principles of Personal Defense by Jeff Cooper. Mm. Uh, if, if you're familiar, if you are, if you are just getting into firearms, I highly recommend you look up Jeff Cooper, uh, one of the best instructors known to man. But he, he, I like the way that he phrases being prepared and training your mind for the unexpected. And it helps kind of re, you know, as you, to prepare for the unexpected and to, uh, you know, it, it just prepares your mind and gets your mind in a good place where, um, right. And when you're communicating with people, you can think about it more collectively. Your your thoughts are more collective when you have a, a good way, you know, instructor. Right. Guiding you through. Helps you kind of collate your thought processes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely interesting being a female in the industry, but there's, there, I mean, we are the number one, uh, of the firearms purchased, new firearms purchasers, the the number of women that are purchasing more and more each year. Um, so we are the fastest growing demographic f- new firearms users. And so uh, we're out there. Uh, I think there's huge potential. And I think part of the reason why I think social media has done a great job of um, expanding that base. But for women, it puts us... It gives us power that, you know, we wouldn't have had otherwise. You know, it gives us, um, and I, I think power as far as um, um, the training and the knowledge that you receive. 
So let me ask you a question about this. From your perspective, when the industry as a whole is trying to address your needs as a shooter, as a consumer, do they generally get it right or are they missing the point a lot of times? I think they're missing the point because a lot of times manufacturers, when I come to the door, <laughs> when I step into a, uh, a gun shop, sometimes the people behind the counter don't even realize their company buys parts from me or uh, <laughs> they automatically throw the one pink gun that they bought five years ago <laughs> that they can't sell because no one wants to buy it. And they give me some, like, you know, crappy handgun. And <laughs> they always put that in front of my face and they say, do you want this? Because they're just trying to get rid of it. Well, mm -hmm. I think that that's a pretty good indication that they've missed the mark, you know, as far as when it comes to manufacturing and uh, what they're producing. You know, I don't look for anything different necessarily when I'm going in to purchase a firearm. And, okay, I should I should share. I do have uh, pink grips on one of my, uh, <laughs> to be fair. But I'm also very girly. But I know that most women who I've networked with in this industry, they hate that, you know. And I hate that, too, because it's usually a crappy gun. <laughs> I think that we just need to address what features in this firearm are cool. And I don't think that women have a different, that different of a perspective you know, um, there are men who think titanium is cool on an AR, and there are men that think it's totally ridiculous, and it's not male spec or what, whatever reasoning that they have. Uh, but for me, I look at the new technologies, and I, I think a lot of the same stuff that men think are cool, I think are cool. It doesn't need to be pink. It, it's just it's about features, and females who are educated understand that, and they, and they want, you know, new technology. It's not just about the aesthetics. Well, what about the flip side of that? Is there anything that is inherently part of what are made uh, in firearms that are really just completely, you know, counterintuitive to what you as a, a female shooter need to have in that? I mean, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I, I think that like the, uh, the trap shooters um, – I think their shotguns um, have to go through some pretty significant modifications um, when you're dealing at that higher level of competition. They're cutting down stocks because of, of uh, I guess, it's proportion. I mean, and, and I could be completely wrong, but I, I think that's my understanding. Are, are there things like that that you know of <laughs> where that's a big issue that they're not addressing? You know, I... <laughs> I don't know that I could say that. I, when I think about the the things that the innovative stuff that people come up with to you know make the AR more friendly, user friendly, or uh, things that are, are supposedly easier. Uh, you know, if you think about it, the AR is not that complicated. It's not the, the mechanics of it, it but. Some of the new technologies that you see at Shot Show are, <laughs> you know, it might it might be uh, it might be beneficial for. And see, I don't want to say anything to you know throw some company under the bus, but um, you know, it, it, it's so user friendly. You you push the button, the mag drop. You know, when you're you're done 
you can push that button if as long as you're not in California. <laughs> you can push that, <laughs> that button, it drops down, you load it again. I don't know how you can make that um easier. And so when you're adding weight to make that functionality more, you know, easier easier views, I don't know that that's gender specific. I think uh I don't know that there are things that women that there are things that women want that men want don't want either. I think it's just a matter of understanding the mechanics behind the firearm and what makes sense and what doesn't. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have to think that the AR is probably pretty gender neutral when you think about it. I would think so. Well, I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> and I assume y'all are too, so. <laughs> you know, and, and I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um you know, like the the Desert Eagle. You know, I can't even hold a Desert Eagle. I don't think my hands are all that big. So, I mean, criminy, you know, 90% of the people that might shoot the darn thing can't use it because it's, you know, awkward holding a 50 caliber pistol. <laughs> I had one. I shot it eight times. I sold it about four months later. It was, it was a bucket list gun. I thought it would be cool. And then when I realized <laughs> it was going to, you know, crack my nose in half, I'm a pretty big guy. I can hold most stuff, but man, this thing almost, you know, face planted me right on the bridge of my nose. I was like, yeah, I'll go give this to somebody else who wants to <laughs> play Call of Duty. So, so in terms of, of being a female shooter, um, when you're in a class or you're, you're taking some time to get some trigger time on a, 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 a firearm, do you feel you're treated differently when you're there or have things changed? Well, I'll, so for my firearm instruction, I get I'm pretty lucky that I get a lot of one-on-one <laughs> instruction. But um, with the armor class, uh, I'm certified armor through Academy, former Blackwater um, with the AR-15. And when I attended that course, it was all law enforcement and military. You actually had to be one of the two to get in the class, but I have the hookup. Um, so I think being female had something to do with that. But um, <laughs> I, um, attending that class was, uh, I think so. I think men have, an, 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 I know I'm generalizing, but I, it's a safe audience, I assume. <laughs> men, for the most part, want, I think that they have, they want the women in their lives or one around them to understand. And so I, I typically feel like I get preferential treatment because, uh, you know, there's guys over in the armor class, springs flying everywhere, but the instructor is right behind me making sure that I have it all under control. <laughs> so um, I, I think the difference is a lot of women are really, willing to learn and they're they want to take in for information because in a lot of ways I knew going in that I knew nothing and although these people really pretended like you know they knew it all it's so important whether you're male or female to go into something with the perspective of I still have a lot to learn and I think that's with anything in life I don't know what it why it is what it is about firearms that people have a tendency to go well, I'm kind of an expert in this, so um, let me, you know, I go into it. When I go to a booth at SHOT Show, you know, not a whole lot of people know who I am or, you know, at least when we, I first started attending SHOT Show and every guy wanted me to give, they wanted to give me all this instruction and they all want to help out and show me how it's really done. And I, I think it, 
I still go in very humbly to SHOT Show and uh, understand that maybe they could be showing me something new, a new feature with this rifle. And I go in just trying to soak it all up because I feel like I gain a lot more when I go in with that perspective and that. Well, don't you walk in essentially as a ringer? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... You know, you, you have a, a level of exposure to resources that many wouldn't have. Um, you're in an industry uniquely in position to have knowledge that many people wouldn't have. And then, you know, because you might be dealing with some uh, young or old men that are still, you know, knuckle draggers. Sure. And I'm, um, I'm very lucky, fortunate that I get a lot of these opportunities that I get. Yeah. So have you, have you ever been compelled to, to use that to your advantage? I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. And, you know, I think I really seek out opportunities to learn more and to put myself in situations. And um, I, I know that being a female, I know that my following is what it is because I know that if there was a guy that posted the same photos that I posted that, you know, I, I understand that a lot of my following is because guys, I don't know, think I'm hot or whatever, or think it's hot that there's this girl holding a firearm. But um, I get that. Uh, so I think, but I'm constantly having to prove myself and having to um, people listen when I talk because they, they want to hear me mess up and I'll be the first to admit I'm not an expert. You know, I, I'm, I want to be one and I spend an hour a day uh, either reading or watching YouTube, which is a terrible resource to put an AR together, by the way. <laughs> but I spend the time to see the resources that are out there. And, and one, I will say one advantage that I have in that regard is that You'd be surprised at the number of men that private message me that say, hey, uh, I understand that uh, you know. I think people are less intimidated to ask me a question than they are to ask men. And so there's a huge opportunity there. And, uh, you know, here's a secret. I don't answer all of my emails or all of my <laughs> direct messages, but um, – I I try to be very much involved with that dialogue because I understand that um, I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to stuff. You know, I used to call, like, there are parts, every part of the AR, I have a nick, you know, when I'm like, oh, this looks like a mushroom. This looks like a bullet. I'm talking the little detents, you know, (laughs) that are in the LVK. You know, um, I just humanize it, and I think that more people could learn from that and more people could... Um, I think we could impact more people if we all were just honest about our expertise and our willingness to share. Right. You know, I, I think we have tried on the show to make it clear that, you know, collectively there's more knowledge than um, you'll find in a single person. And so we've always tried to make sure that we can bring the collective together to bring that knowledge to bear. And, when you can do that in a meaningful way um, from a perspective that allows people to be more open to the message, I think that's always better. And and 
for whatever reason, um, we as men find ourselves driven by uh, ego or, you know, pride um, to make certain decisions that are not always in our best interest. So I'm I'm enthused to, to think that that you can make a difference for many people who need more information because you're a resource that's more open, more um, accessible to them, approachable. Sure. And I think that's the big hurdle. And it's, um, I think the important thing also to recognize is that, you know, I joined the company, my company two and a half years ago, and I'm now in a, in a position where, you know, and with just spending a little bit of time each day, I've been able to improve my knowledge and my the scope of, of my understanding on the AR platform. And I think it's important to realize, uh, you know, anybody can do that. Uh, even men who, you know, they're used to, they're, they're an, a 1911 guy and that's all they shoot and that's all they go to the range with. And, you know, uh, it's okay to have an interest in the black rifle and you, you don't have to be an expert at first. You can gain a little bit of knowledge, you know, Go out, buy a stock rifle, figure out what you like about it, and then figure out if it's something. If you have an interest in it, you can do it. You absolutely can. I yeah, know I I'm myself, Yeah, I, I find myself being an ADD shooter, so you know, <laughs> I go out there with everything and shoot half of it, and I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think that with, you know, what, 188 episodes of this podcast. But, you yeah. know, one benefit as being a female when i go to the range i often get people offer the, i mean it's amazing the stuff i've gotten to shoot just by going to the range you know on a busy day people are always like do you want to shoot this and i'm like absolutely i want to shoot your ammo <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking i was thinking i go to the range and i have to pay for my own ammunition oh, no one offers no one off- i'm really no. sorry yeah, nobody offers to let me shoot their ammunition for hours on end. I, I keep trying to figure out how I can be in that place where I'm not having to pay for my own ammo. So, no, I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, well, if you come over to my range, I will make sure that you, you're set up with ammo. <laughs> I'll pay it forward. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I, 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 would pre- I, I might even fly out there for some ammo. Yeah. No, it, um, it's certainly definitely has its advantages to being a female in the industry. And, and I think with that comes responsibility. And so that's why I really make an effort with as busy as I am and as uh, quickly as we're growing. I really, I'm pat, at the end of the day, I'm very passionate about what I do. And, you know, AR-15s aren't for everyone and building rifles aren't for everyone, but, um, with the knowledge that I've gained from just being in the industry, you can't help but have a passion for educating people and just getting them a little bit more comfortable with what you do and what you're passionate about. So in terms of where you stand today, is there something that strikes you as being um, the, the biggest responsibility you feel to 
anything to to shooters to the industry to women to men to uh, new shooters or old shooters is there something that really strikes you as being the one thing you feel most responsible for accomplishing where you are you know my life motto is to live every single day knowing that if it were my last that I've done everything I could with the gifts God's given me uh, my faith is a big plays a big role in how I live my life and what I do and it, I think it's how my husband and I run our business it's it's how we move forward and so we're constantly in our business thinking about our why why is it that we do what we do and what are we going to do about it and so I I don't forget I I, tr- I try very hard not to forget um to give it back you know um I've been blessed with so so many friendships and um great employees that really are the reason why our business is what it is and uh you know for me it's just all about what can I do today? And these opportunities just come to me. I learn more about the amendment. I want to give it back. And that's what I try and portray. That I think it, when people follow me on Instagram, Rocky's Guns, uh, that's all I really want to do. Because at the end of the day, like, is it bringing traffic to my website? I can estimate, you know, there's less than about 30% of clicks are coming from Instagram. Probably just, like, who is this girl? Like, what what is she selling? You know, what does she do? Is she really like, you know, is is she who is she? Does she is she who she said she is? Um, and and I get that, but so it's not about the business side of thing, and that's why I don't really post as much about my business. It's more about just making an impact, being who I am, and sharing that with the world, and hope that I'm around people. And this opportunity has been one great one to meet you, Reed and JD, just to share um and give back and hope that i can somehow inspire someone well and that's absolutely the reason that we have anybody involved with the show involved it's because we want to provide a a space for that so tell me in terms of you being in the industry is it is it harder or easier um with what your husband is doing to to you know, have the successes that you're having and to be able to have that impact. Um, is, is this, is his service something that, that, um, makes it harder or is that, is that easier? You know, I don't really look at, uh, challenges or obstacles as barriers. Um, I, I think it, it's easy to say, um, you know, when my husband leaves for six months, it's, you know, it's easy for me to just sit in a room and cry, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, the flip side of that is, you know, I, I try and, like I said, I, I try and wake up each day and figure out how to achieve my goal. And, you know, if what I'm doing in that moment isn't accomplishing that goal, I, I just kind of move forward. We've definitely had setbacks. Being in the firearms industry in itself has been a setback, being a cash, we, we're a cash-based business. So uh, it, it's difficult to find lenders. You know, when we first started out, we, we couldn't find a lender. So we're like, all right, well, we're just going to figure out how to do a cash, you know. And, and I'm so grateful that we got turned down with lenders at first when we first started because we were able to figure out how 
to move forward and how to how to make with what little we had and um, and move forward. So I don't think it's I actually look at all the positives that it's it's um, uh, we've had great relationships with the military. Um, we've gotten our product in front of some of the best operators in the world um, through uh, relationships that my husband had and uh, you know, being in the military it's it's been challenging but you know I have health care you know <laughs> there's so many benefits that I could I could go on and on about all the blessings that we have um, being service members or starting out this way and I think we'll have our own set of challenges when he gets out so um, but I don't look at it as a setback at all. I, I look at the things that I just look at. It just makes us another. It just it. I don't look at it as we're different or than the rest of civilians or whatever. Right. Well, so in terms of what you're doing now, um, what are the biggest challenges that you face because you're a woman? You know, I don't know that there's anything that keeps me up at night. <laughs> or challenges that I think, um, you know, I, I, I realized when I first got in the industry that I, I didn't really know how to handle an AR, you know, so I got training and now I feel very comfortable. Um, um, I'm more dangerously more uh, willing to challenge people, which is pretty scary, you know, if you think about it, because one of these days people, someone's going to take me up on my challenge and... <laughs> I guess I'll just be prepared. Um, but um, no, I I don't think that being a woman makes I don't I don't know that there's any challenges I have being a woman now. I think it's just constantly trying to be educated, trying to show that because people always want to, you know, they want to see is she just is she more than a pretty face, you know, mm. and um, immediately people just listen to hear what I'm going to say, and so. I'm not going to try and show off or do anything. I'm just going to be me, and um, it's worked well for me up until this point. So hopefully, <laughs> I, and and my goal is to continue. You know, I knew I know a lot more now, two and a half years in, than I did. You know, so I, my hope is that two and a half years from now, that I'll have that much more experience, and and at some point. You know, I might be known as somebody who actually knows what she's talking about, but it, and and I don't know that I'll ever feel like it's enough. So my goal is to just continue educating myself, and uh, people can say or think whatever they want, but for me, it's just about educating myself and being the best person I can be. So I guess when it comes down to it, what is the biggest thing that we can do as men that will foster um, an environment where we can get the females that are in our lives to be more active in this sport if they want. I think people can start with themselves, start educating themselves more. And the, the internet is filled with resources. Uh, the, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the NRA have incredible resources for us. I mean, there are courses that are less than a hundred dollars, you know, that we can enroll ourselves in. Um, and then just, and share, just constantly being open and, and share our experiences from a personal perspective, not all knowing, not 
I'm the expert in this. Just share, just be real. And I think people, when someone's real, they're more willing to listen. They're more willing to take what that person has to offer. And then please do not take your girlfriends, wives, daughters to the range and hand them a 45 and, and want oh. them to have the same experience that you do when you fire that firearm. Understand that it's a process. Um, and use resources that are free to us, available free for us online, and, and, and teach them the right way. And, um, and don't think that your instruction is going to be the best instruction. Assume that there's always going to be someone who knows more and let the professional do their job. Yeah. You know, I think my uh, my my life lesson on on that point is my <laughs> my my dad who likes to um, go golfing, and I'm a horrible golfer. What I make up, what what I lack in skill, I make up for in a wide selection of clubs. Um, <laughs> and and he always wants to give me the 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 lesson on how to play golf on the first tee. And you know, it's always like, hmm, you know, there's another way to do this, Dad. <laughs> Just enjoy it. Just enjoy yeah, the game. Yeah. You talk about those uh, the videos with the 45s blowing back. Those are, I think, one of our biggest pet peeves here. When uh-huh. uh, you put a firearm in the hands of somebody that's way too powerful, that's never shot before, or doesn't know it's coming, just oh, for you to get a grin or a giggle out of it makes you the biggest douchebag on the planet. Well, and it's too, we've seen all those YouTube videos. It's too, it's really tempting, especially us loving our black rifles, to just want them to try it. Just try shooting this AR and you'll, you'll, you'll know exactly what I, what I feel when you fire this AR-15. You'll know exactly how I feel about it when you fire it for the first time. And you just have to understand that it's a process. Yeah. yeah. And, and they just, they have to be willing to, receive the information as well. You, you can't force it on them. But I think that when you're, if you're involved and you're perfecting your craft and you're a real person and you're fun to be around, eventually that person's going to come to you and they're going to say, hey, it looks like you're having fun there. Why don't I come with you? And that's when you say, when that person's willing, um, that's when you take them out. And, um, but I would encourage, I, or I would encourage, take them to a class and you attend with them. That's just my two cents. Or they can follow me on Instagram and message me, and I'll talk them through it. Because sometimes men are just incapable of having of doing anything that <laughs> that would be appealing for women. So um, yeah, I, I can I can see that. <laughs> feel free to send me, and then I already know this is going to happen because this always happens whenever I post something about offering. Like I'll get all these messages. Will you please call my girlfriend or my whoever? <laughs> Will you please reach out to them? And like, see, the problem is they need to be willing first. <laughs> but if you want to give your whoever my contact information, they can well, email you... me at rocky at unbrandedar.com. <laughs> and how else can they find you on social media? I'm on Instagram as Rocky's Guns, plural on both. Um, and Facebook. I'm on Facebook recently. I just started a page. Uh, I can't cool. say a whole lot with this uh, Springfield gig that I'm working, but um, there will be more to come after November 1st. 
<laughs> well, which yeah. might be after this. You guys may already know so much more about me after this. Um, <laughs> this when this airs. That may be the case. You know, we'll we'll definitely uh, have to touch base with you as soon as that is uh, revealed, uh, and see if we can't have you come back on. I think I think the first the first part will actually go out on the thirty first. Cool. Um, so yeah, so it'll be the day before, but we're looking forward to the the Springfield announcement. We had the we had the opportunity to book Rocky now or wait, and uh, we decided to uh, go ahead and do it now. We've we've got Rocky and the Gun Collective coming up in the weeks, so it's uh. It was super awesome, by the way. Yeah, so we're we're pretty stoked about the the guests that are coming on the show. It's uh it's going to be a fun year to round out, and so we're glad that. Rocky took some time with us uh, to do episode one and episode two. So um, please uh, show your appreciation. I'm Branded AR. Go over and like their Facebook page and uh, connect with Rocky on Instagram. Maybe we should just get you to cut a bunch of like public service announcements or just quick like, <laughs> tips for the guys and the, Ladies, and the girls. Ladies, it is and- <laughs> okay for them to purchase as many firearms as they want. Okay, that's not where I was going, but I appreciate <laughs> oh, that audio. That is, that is a gem. Thank as you. long as you don't use that and show my husband that footage <laughs> at all. I'm going to cut a new open to the show. It's going to be like, welcome to the AR-15 podcast. And that's going to go right there. <laughs> Buy as many as you want. And then, <laughs> See, yeah, the problem, here's the thing, that this is the problem that my husband has that very few men have, and it's, you know, I'm spending all the money on guns and our gun parts, and I also like purses. So <laughs> I'm spending on double things. So you know, I think <laughs> I think. So do you, do you guys have? Do you guys share the same safe, or do you guys have you know opposite safes? I mean, do, you, do the do the rifles commingle, or are they separate? Well, we don't have kids yet, so usually I'm cleaning and I find rifle guns or whatever, and I know that those are my husband's. If they just randomly show up in random parts of the house, <laughs> or like I'm going to grab oatmeal and there's a firearm in there, you know, like I thought we had oatmeal for two months, you know, but. So no. let me ask you this question: um, If you were to look at before you were in firearms and after you were in firearms. You know, I know with with almost complete certainty that my wife will look at me when I say, is this new? Oh, no, I've had that for a while. And I am positive that it came in the mail yesterday in that, that, <laughs> that, that box. And, and do you think that now you have like a much, much deeper and greater understanding of what your husband is doing? Because you're like, yeah, I didn't see that Glock. In this house, exactly three weeks ago, and uh, that one, you know, I know you got a nine millimeter, but that's a forty. So um, we need to talk. I'm telling you, if y'all could hear some of the conversations my husband and I have when it comes to firearms, you would you would find it very humorous. <laughs> so yes, I I call him on it quite frequently because <laughs> there'll be a firearm that just came out, you know, and. <laughs> But typically it goes through our FFL. So there is a, you know, there's a, you know, it's a, there's a process at least now. So we have it a little bit under control. (laughs) So does, does, does that mean that that you've got someone control? Who's the FFL that's charged with the um, recording everything in the book? 
Are you charged or is he charged with it? It's actually our, our Nikki. <laughs> so does Nikki know which side of the bread the butter's on? It's. I already told you. As soon you know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> We're going to have to have Funny. Pat on and just have a beer and just be like, all right, man. Yeah. Let it out. Let it out. No, I, you know, we, I respect my husband very much and, and we both, we both do. And, um, uh, I, you know, when it's his, when he's in charge of something, you know, I pretty much defer to, you know, whatever he says goes, uh, and, you know, he does the same for me. So it, we're very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, good to work with someone that you work well with. It's all good fun. So, um, hey, Reed, I, I, I've decided what we're going to do for SHOT Show. What's that? I, I'm going to follow around Pat and Rocky <laughs> and just get the reaction of people when they try to, like, show her something new that she already knows about. And we'll, we'll, just, we'll just film them. There'll be little episodes. We'll release them. I, I think it would go great. So we found it more effective if I walk around SHOT Show without Pat because people give me more attention when I'm walking by myself. <laughs> no, I, See, I think it would be fascinating. We can do hidden camera spots. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, it is fun. It, it, SHOT Show is one of my favorite events of the year because it really is um, – it's a great environment. It, it, Second Amendment people are great people. So um, it's just a great environment to be around. Very lucky to, to be a part of it. But, yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> it's late, y'all. I was waiting. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that, well, we, I think we can wrap up there. I think we're Absolutely. Why don't you take us out, J.D.? All right. Well, thanks again for Rocky for joining us for a uh, – what you guys got are two episodes. Um, she is on West Coast time, so we are already into the, the following day. So, Rocky, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the AR-15 podcast. Um, where can we connect with you real quick before we close out? Yeah, if, if anyone has any questions for me directly, um, you can reach out to me on my email, rocky at unbrandedar.com. Uh, Check out my website, unbrandedar.com. And I'm on Instagram, Rocky's Guns, or find me on Facebook, Rocky Harrigan. All right. With that, send us your questions and comments at ar15.podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe and listen to the AR15 podcast for free on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, you can also share your pictures with us on Instagram at ar15podcast. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash ar15podcast. And make sure you check out all the other great podcasts, the Brownells affiliate link and Amazon affiliate links at our website, firearmsradio.tv. You can also support the show there at firearmsradio.tv. Click on pledge, select the AR15 podcast. And with that read, uh, episode 188, right? That's correct. In the books. All right. Thank you, Rocky. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, guys. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next episode. Have a good night. All right. So...
This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.